Matthew 12, 42 is where we left off. And once I find it. Um, Jesus is uh, tearing into uh, the people for their lack of faith. And he's judging, you know, he's letting them, he's tearing loose on them. Basically, he's telling them that Nineveh will judge them. That's in 41, because uh, they reprinted because of preaching. And Jesus is talking to people he's done a lot of things in front of. You know, he, he's done miracles, and there's been no response. It's almost like entertainment. Church had become entertainment. Religion had become entertainment for them. You know, uh, the old Jesus Christ superstar, Herod's, you know, walk across my swimming pool. You know, that thing. Um, so he gave the example of Jonah uh, that they didn't repent. I mean, they did repent, and so that their repentance will be, you know, basically it's going to be used into judgment. Look at what they did. And Jesus is saying, that was Jonah. You have me here. It didn't say that Jonah did any miracles. It didn't say anything. It's just Jonah went and preached repentance, and they all repented. Jesus was up there just healing everybody, preaching truth, and they were just hard-hearted. They didn't want to change. They just wanted to be entertained. They were sure they were enjoying it. They would come out and watch. But none of it was sinking in. And then he moves on to another example. He says, the queen of the south will rise up against this generation at the judgment and will condemn it. Nineveh will condemn it and uh, the queen herself will condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Sheba is often considered to be the current area of Yemen. Uh, there's always different opinions, but, you know, far away, that's all you need to know. She came to seek a wise king, seeking the truth and the wisdom of God, and she accepted and embraced it. I mean, she came a long way. For this generation, God came to them with truth and wisdom, and they rejected it. So when you think about it, what he's saying is, look, she went through a lot of trouble to go talk to a wise man. God came to you with wisdom, and you didn't listen. So, of course, you're going to be judged. I mean, this is harsh stuff. And, oh, by the way, this is God's people. Don't we all do that? Yes, we do. <laughs> and this is God's people. This is the people on the earth who God chose to show himself through. Yeah. So what we have to do is relate God's people then to God's people now. We do the same things. Uh, Christianity often becomes something we do for reasons other than conforming to the image of Christ, uh, growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord. It becomes something we do for political reasons. It's something we do for social reasons. You know, it's something we do just to feel comfort. You know, um, what's the word Christian by name only? And a lot of that is getting sorted out now. Is it being more of a challenge to be a Christian? Finally. Um, I rejoice in it. I do. I, I just, it's time uh, for people to, you know, what's this worth to you? What are you willing to pay for it? Um, I'll be less of you and more him. Yes, yes, sir. And the absolute, you know, I've never considered myself worthy of the honor of being persecuted for his name. I'm not worthy of that, of that honor. Um, but that's what it is. What did Jesus say? When they persecute you, what did he say you should do? Rejoice. He meant it. Yeah. That wasn't just they, a pep talk. They, he means it. They did it to me. They're gonna Absolutely. To and he says, you know, look at what you're gaining from this. Number one, what it, what your response does here, but what you're gaining in heaven. 
why are you guys worried about this? You should be rejoicing over this. And he was not kidding. You know, it wasn't just a little pep talk where you say nice things to make somebody feel better. Yeah. It wasn't placating anybody. I'm telling you the truth. This is, woohoo! I mean, you should be like, you know, if, if somebody demonstrates in front of you or bad mouths you online or something because you're a Christian, man, just smile. Just say, Lord, I, I, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to, you know, to do this. Yeah, and to interact with them. A- amen. Sure. Amen. And to show them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not you. Amen. <laughs> How did Jesus interact? Who? Uh, once again, I will remind you guys as you face <laughs> the challenge. The only people that Jesus got mad at, really mad at, were the religious leaders, the people who were leading his sheep astray. He was really mad at them. I mean, those were the people he was angry at. And you know, and then all the people you're dealing with that have been led by these people, of course, they're screwed up. Yeah. Okay, how many churches can you go into now where the gospel's not being preached at all? There's going to be an answer for this. So he's as mad at them as he was at the Pharisees then. That's how I view it. And if you don't take that seriously and you're in some sort of spiritual leadership, you're nuts. You're you're playing with a gun. You know, I whatever. You're playing with a gun. Yes, sir. The eternal the eternal bullet. That's eternal. Yep. A little bit about her, First Kings 10, 1 through 3, and what he's actually talking about, in case you didn't know. The queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. So, it's not just for wisdom. She knows it's a spiritual thing. That's really important. He's just not some wise political leader. He's a spiritual guy. And she, the reason she wants to go is because he is spiritual. She came to test him with difficult questions. That's fine. So she came to Jerusalem with a very large uh, retinue, R-E-T-I-N-U-E, which basically I believe means, uh, I don't know what your guys say, but it, it's a contingent of uh, support, support, support personnel, right? With camels carrying spices and very much gold and precious stones. She came to Solomon. She spoke with him about all that was in her heart Solomon answered all of her questions. Nothing was hidden from the king, which he did not explain to her. And if you will remember why Solomon was so wise, it's because, okay, this is interesting. She shows up with all these gifts, gold, silver, camels, you know, goats, ducks, whatever else they bring. And probably not ducks, okay. Um, And if you will remember when Solomon, why he was so wise, the Lord said to him, what do you want? And he says, all I want is wisdom to rule your people. You're giving me this job. Give me the ability to do it. And that impressed God. And God said, I'm going to give you that, and then I'm going to give you riches too. So this woman comes to see him, to seek wisdom. What does she bring with her? Riches. riches. He didn't ask for them. He would have talked to her whether she brought them or not. But that was just, he was considered the richest man on the planet in his time. He just had, it was, Everything. they had no idea what to do with it. You know what I mean? It just, his temple was known, you know, he built the temple. And the, read what's in there. The gold shields, the silver shields. It's, you're like, wow. And of course, all those things, people want them. <laughs> you know, once people hear you got all that gold sitting in the building, you know, all of a sudden people go, really? And, you know, and the Lord protected them until the wisest man on the planet 
did the things, even he, the wisest man that ever lived by God's own word, uh, did the things God told him to do. It's always one of two things. Money or sex. It's one of the two things for every one of us. If you're a guy, that's just going to be one of you're going to face those two issues. Pride, money, and sex, but pride's sort of the overall of everything. Those three things, uh, God had said plainly, do not marry women from a, that are not my people. Right. You know, same to us. Don't marry someone that's not a Christian. It really doesn't work well for you. Um, but him as a king was commanded, and it says, because in God said to him, if you do, they'll turn your heart away from me. So what did he do? He married women who were not from Israel, and what happened? They turned his heart away from him. And he ended up dying after all those wonderful things. Just uh, Hezekiah, same thing. You, you don't want to make it through life all that way, fighting the fight, trust in the Lord, and then as you're going out the door, do stupid stuff. Why? I, you know, Hezekiah, exact same thing. Good King Hezekiah. It's it, well, it never leaves you, does it? And we are here to see that life. The purpose of life is to be a mirror that you look into. You can only learn what needs to be learned here, because this is where the mirror is. That's why we have to be here. I just used it in a sermon. I don't know if you remember or not, but Mark Twain said. A man who carries a cat by the tail learns something he can learn no other way. <laughs> and, man, that's smart stuff. Because when we come into this world, we grab the cat by the tail, and we don't let go of it until we're heading out the door. And we learn. And that's the only way we can learn it, from birth to death. You're learning it. Because that's the only way you can learn it, is to see it. Uh, to experience your own evil and then to be taken back by it, to be appalled by yourself, which leads you to what? Repentance. That's the... Well, which one of the, the Greek philosophers, one of them, said that a life unexamined yeah. is a life not worth living? Not worth living. Right. You wasted your time here. You're, you're here for a reason. The reason is clear. Uh, to be conformed to the image of Christ, to change what you want. <laughs> because once what you want is changed, you'll do it. You, you will always pursue what you want. I've said this a thousand times, but it's true. It's, every day it rings true to me. What you really want will show in what you do, and what you want is what you will do. So what has to change? What you want. And only God can do that. And the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and fellowship are the three things that you have to do for it to happen. Um, you know, when God turns your face to the mirror, it can be very, very depressing. You, you could look at things and you could look at yourself and just want to weep. You know, am I still doing this? Am I, you know, and you realize that of all the things that Jesus did for you, you know, everything that he gave up and everything that he did and all he got out of this was me. <laughs> you know? what he got out of this was me and there are times when you go lord you got the bad end of the deal here you know and he just keeps telling he just puts his arm around you and says no i didn't i got exactly what i wanted and uh thank god for that because 
I'll use John's words, behold what manner of love is this, that we should be called the sons of God. He didn't carry when he never No, absolutely. Down. Absolutely. He it, never despite everything that we are and everything. That's why I start all the time with you let us come and talk to you about our needs. Uh, I, I mean that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's real. All he got out of everything that he did, all, all the things he faced, you know, being murdered, being... Uh, and the only thing he got was me. It doesn't seem like a good deal, but man, I'm telling you, he just... Because uh, we don't even no, we don't understand love. The only way we, that's maybe our only way to understand our worth is to see the price that was paid. Even though you, it's hard to accept when you get a good look. At, it's always hard when, you're, when God turns your face to the mirror and makes you look and won't let you look away for a little bit. Um, and then with repentance, so as far as the east is from the west. And he meant it. It's not remorse, it's repentance. Amen, brother. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, it's not remorse where I got caught. Right. Now I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. you're not sorry you got caught. You're yeah. sorry you did it. Yeah. And uh, it takes a long time in life, at least for me, for that one to overpower the other one. <laughs> there are times when I was more afraid of being <coughs> caught, you know, like saying something, you know, mm -hmm. giving somebody the finger as they cut me off in a car and then somebody I knew saw me, you know, and, and that's the least of it. But now I realize that God sees me and that what I'm doing isn't something I should be doing. And uh, that hurts in here, you know. And Everything in all creation is open, wide open. Amen. Nothing is hitting from the side. Nothing. I just preached that a little bit ago. Verse 43. <laughs> 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 We're doing it. Uh, verse 43. And then this is interesting. So he tells them, you guys are all screwed up. He says, uh, Nineveh, Nineveh is going to judge you. Uh, the Queen of Sheba is going to judge you. And then he says this. Now when unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. And you're like, what? How does these things connect? Like he's still talking that this is the same speech. It's the same sermon, you know what I mean? And you're like, well, there's a change of direction. Jesus appears to change topics in the next three verses by suddenly talking about unclean spirits. But this topic is used to continue his topic of this current generation of Jews. He's talking to them specifically and to anyone who's like them. He uses demons as a reference to their actions. This is not a treatise on exorcism, or casting out demons. It's a teaching about unbelief. The power of God is necessary to overcome evil, and one cannot be neutral. You cannot be neutral when it comes to Jesus. Not accepting Jesus is rejecting Jesus. No answer is an answer. And he's making that perfectly clear, because nobody up there, where this group he's talking to, would accept, they were like, eh, let's just go watch what he does. And nobody was committing, nobody, you know, I mean, they weren't throwing stones at him, they but they weren't. Them. Yeah, they were just like, eh, let's just watch what he does. Verse 44, then it says, I will, speaking of the demon, I will return to my house from which I came, and when it, when it comes, it will find it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. The key word is unoccupied. Unoccupied by the Spirit of God, uncommitted to Christ. 
As Bob Dylan once sang in Slow Train Coming, you gotta serve somebody. You cannot be neutral towards God. You either, what did he say? You're either for me or you're against me. If God has not filled the house, another will. Noteworthy that the Spirit refers to the man as my house. Uh, that I find fascinating. The demon calls the person who God is not in my house. I own it. Uh, it does not belong to God, so he claims squatter's rights. He was kicked out, wandered around for a while, came back, and the house was still unoccupied and cleaner than when he left. So he moved back in and he brought some friends. I like to think of it as a drug house. If you've ever lived next to a drug house, or if you've ever dealt with someone who was next to a drug house, I'm not disparaging people's problems, but it makes problems for you. I mean, just bad things happen continually. The cops are always there. People are dying in the yard. I mean, it's, things are getting stolen. It's just what happens. That happens to individuals who will not accept God. Mm-hmm. Verse 45, still talking about the demons. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last state of the man becomes worse than the first. Hearing the truth and ignoring it, you end up worse than you were before you heard the truth. That is the way it will be with this evil generation. God came to you, stood in front of you, healed people, raised the dead, fed the multitudes, preached the gospel, and you sat there and did nothing with it. You ignored it. Makes me think of J. Vernon McGee talking about (coughs) if you hear the gospel from me, I'm your best friend in the world if you follow it. Right. But if you don't follow it, I'm your worst enemy. You're responsible. Uh, well, it's, I always go back to Jeremiah where God says, I appoint you the watchman. Oh, was it Jeremiah? I think both Jeremiah and Ezekiel, he said it too. Um, I want you to go up on the wall, on the tower, see what is to be seen, and tell the people. If you don't tell the people, I will hold you responsible yeah, for what they've done. I don't know about Jeremiah. I, I think it might be in both. But anyway, he said, but if you do tell them, then it's their problem. Right. Uh, because you did your job. Yeah. You did what you were supposed to do. Yeah. So it's even, it's true for everybody, but it's even more heightened for those of us who are called to, yeah, it's a very humbling position. It's a scary and humbling position. And uh, I always tell God, man, if I'm going to screw this up, take me out of here. You know, don't. That's why I read all scripture. Amen. (laughs) I can't go wrong doing that. Amen, buddy. (laughs) You know. Amen. Yeah. Do the right thing yeah. in the right way. That's it, in the right way, you know. Things get worse and worse <laughs> as evil grows inside them. What is stated as a quiet rejection of Christ becomes an outright occupation by the enemy. There is no neutral ground. Surrender to Christ or be occupied by the evil. That's it. There, there is nothing else. Verse 46, while he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, and then... Okay, we're out of this conversation where he's, you know, going after the people of Capernaum and, you know, uh, the people who saw him the most who just weren't. I mean, there was places he went and people just, woohoo, you know, they they accepted, they believed. Uh, But, man, this is hometown. And the base of his ministry was Capernaum. 
I mean, everything he did, he did out of there. He went from there here, came back, went there, came back, and always was okay. Like and they just, while he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother, brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him. While Jesus was teaching in the middle of this sermon about the evil spirits returning because the house was empty, the people interrupted him to let him know his physical family had arrived. So get it in your mind. He's in the middle of this sermon talking about really important stuff. And people said, hey, your mom and brothers are are out there. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you know, it says they were, he said they were seeking to speak to him. So they're taking a message to Jesus. Hey, mom's out there and your mom, you know, hey, okay, that's, that's, that's the right thing to do, I guess, you know, in uh, indicating they had requested an audience with him while he was teaching. It indicates that Jesus' own family had yet grasped who he was and what his purpose was. Because I got to tell you, if, I'm, if Jesus is in front of me and he is preaching something this important, I'm not going to put my hand up and say, hey, can we order pizza? You don't go up. No. no. Hey, 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 can you hold off a minute? I mean, it's like, get your notebook out, man, because this this is God talking to you. Of course, that's what little kids do. Well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Mark 3, 21 through 20 says, uh, this happened, uh, this is what happened directly before uh, before Matthew 12. He came home and the crowd was gathering against to such an extent that they could not even eat a meal. When his own people heard this, they went out to take custody of him. For they were saying, he has lost his senses. <laughs> I mean, this is how big of a crowd is there. You know what I mean? He can't even eat. And they're saying, there's something wrong with Jesus. He just keeps preaching and they keep coming. He needs to stop. <laughs> this is his, yeah, yeah. John 7, 2 through 5 says, Now the feast of the Jews, the feast of the booth was near. Therefore his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples also may see your works, which you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for not even his brothers were believing in him. So this is who's at the door. I mean, they obviously knew he was somebody, and they knew, but they weren't grasping that he was the Messiah. Well, he was the little kid that they played There you go. Well, actually, yeah. yeah, he would have been the oldest, but yeah. 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 It, yeah. Luke's, this is just some background. Luke uh, eleven twenty seven to 28. While Jesus was saying these things, one of the women in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast on which you nursed. So it's basically saying, Bless Mary. Yeah. And he said, On the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. If you believe and obey Christ, you're more blessed than Mary. Uh, it, he's not kidding. Yeah. He's literal. I don't think he gets it. No. <laughs> the, you know, don't take this as poetry. Yeah. Don't yeah. take it. Think about what he just said. I mean, just grasp it. And I, I am no means uh, saying anything bad about Mary. Bless her mm-hmm. heart. I mean, she definitely has a place in the kingdom of God. But not like the Not religion. like, no. Well, that, that's what I'm heading to. Matthew uh, 13, uh, next chapter. He came to his hometown and began to teach in the minister's synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get his wisdom and these miraculous powers? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Okay, remember what's just being said here. Uh, and his sisters, are they not all with us? 
where they where then did this man get all these things and they took offense at him he came up did miracles preached the truth and they took offense well why him and you know what makes him special i don't get it i this is us this is us. We are so screwed up. These are carpenters' kids. Yeah, well, <laughs> What's he you see what yeah. you're seeing, don't you? You know. But Jesus said. But Jesus said to them, "A prophet is not without honor, except in his own hometown, and his own household." And he did not know many miracles there because of their unbelief. According to this, Mary had at least seven children. Jesus, four brothers, and at least two sisters because the plurals used sisters. Okay. This puts a little hole into the Catholic belief of the perpetual virgin. It it does. And I'm not mocking their belief. I'm just telling you unless there were seven immaculate conceptions here which there's no reason to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said to him, Behold, your mother and your brothers and sisters standing outside to speak to you. The message from the family is passed on to Jesus. In the middle of an important teaching, Jesus' family tries to interrupt him. Jesus used the incident to teach a great lesson and how close his own are to him, the people who believe are to him. Jesus answered the one who was telling him and said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Okay, imagine being that guy. You're outside. You know who Mary is. You're probably pretty close to Jesus because you can get through the crowd and talk to him. So you might even be one of the disciples. She says, okay, let's just pick one. Uh, John, hey, go up and tell Jesus we're here. We're going to talk to him. John says, okay. John goes up to Jesus while Jesus is talking. Psst, psst, psst. And, you know, hey, your mom and brothers are here and I'm going to talk to you. And he turns around and says to him, who are my mother and brothers? See, so you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, God just asked you a question. <laughs> and you're like, uh, <laughs> I feel I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> You know, that that moment of, what? <laughs> yeah. uh, how many times Jesus said something and people went, what? You know. Did I say something wrong? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? His own disciples didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. And not meant to diminish his earthly family, but to elevate the spiritual and the eternal. Yes, family is very important in Jewish law and custom and to <clears throat> Jesus. Uh, remember what he did at, at the crucifixion. He took care of his mom. <clears throat> Uh, knowing that everyone accepts this, Jesus uses that truth to highlight a greater truth. He's basically saying, sure, my mom and brothers are important, but... You're all my brothers and sisters. And the fact that they're this makes them even closer to me. Because remember, I just read his brothers didn't know who he was. They weren't yet. Yet. That Judas dude, and he becomes... yeah. Remembering from the cross, one of the last things he does is take care of his mother with John. And Jesus said, from John 19, then Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, which is what John called himself, which is true. Every disciple is who Jesus loved, but he got it. And this, oh, by the way, never forget, this is the guy who wanted to call down fire on a village and kill every man, woman, and child, and animal in the village. Uh, He became the love guy. But he had to see himself in the mirror. He had to hear himself say it, and he had to deal with it. I'm going to preach on. I'm going to preach on that coming up on what your words do for you, how they refine you. And he left standing there, and he says to his mother, "Woman, behold your son." Pointing at John. Well, I don't know if he could point, but then he said to the disciple, "Behold your mother." From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. And who was the only disciple that 
by tradition, was not martyred. John. John had something to do. He was busy. And after this, Jesus, knowing all things had all been accomplished, to fill the scriptures, said, I am thirsty. Matthew 10, uh, 37 through 39. He who loves the father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves the son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He was found, his, this life, his life will lose it, and he was lost his life for my sake will find it. Wow. That is left out of so many sermons. That is left out of so many messages. He isn't kidding. Once again, that's serious stuff. Accept that. Accept that's how life's going to be. Accept that that is what is required. And that is by no means, you know, what does he say? You know, what does scripture say? Anyone that does not take care of their own family is worse than an unbeliever. I mean, that doesn't diminish that at all. What it's telling you is lift this up further. Uh, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. And be ready for that. Uh, but the reward's more than worth it. We'll lift, we'll lift, leave off there, I believe. Um, we run past a little bit. Yeah. Alrighty. So uh, chapter thirteen next time. Uh, well, we're on forty nine. Okay. Yeah. There's only a couple of verses left, and then yeah, we we'll, we should in theory make it to chapter thirteen. <laughs> in theory. What are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> Page thirty three. Now I got to write that down. That was twelve. What? Forty nine. Yeah. I just said it and I forgot it. Wow. It's, yeah, I know. I know. Let's add you to that prayer list. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... You know, when I'm studying and I get up in the morning and I open up the crack the laptop and I'm doing either a Bible study or a sermon, I get into that zone and it, it's like the most peaceful place I've ever been in my life. Uh, I just, it's like I'm getting a, you know, like a dopamine drip, you know? It's just from truth. And I'm just in that zone. And then after a, an hour or two, then everything starts to hurt, like my back and everything. And I'm like, I don't want it to hurt God. I want to I wanna keep going here. And he, you need to step away. But during that time, and I never forget anything. I'll remember obscure scriptures. I'll remember... And then when I'm done, I, I lucky I remember Cheryl's name. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like it's like a zone. And and but if I got, if I can only have that clarity for one place, that's where I want it. You know. How's uh, Lawrence Um, still struggling. Uh, he's still in. Uh, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, Gary Orris, uh, Lauren, my daughter's father-in-law. Uh, as you, as I've said a couple of times, he has uh, early onset uh, Alzheimer's, and it's bad, uh, so bad that he's in Western Psych. They they're trying very hard to get him on meds that will calm him down so that he can go into on a Ray Large Road, uh, whatever the name of that place was, um, Harden Court, which is a very nice place. I mean, they're all what they are. I mean, when you've been in any of them, I mean. Don't expect to go in and go, oh, this is beautiful. But it was better than most that I've ever been in. But they can't even get him out there because he, he gets violent. And he, like, 
attacks people and and he is such a, he was such a sweet human being. Yeah. He really was. You know, just terrified. Oh, uh, of course. Angry, scared, uh, God only knows. And I've you know, ministered to people with Alzheimer's. I went out and, you know, I would go out every week to see, you know, and I didn't even know if he knew I was there, but you did it. You know, I'd go mostly to see Alma, but, yeah. you know, I would well, still. Did. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know that, so yeah. I'll do yeah. it. You know what I mean? And that's what I told, uh, he used to preach out there. And Wayne. Wayne. Thanks, man. Um, you know, Wayne said, I'm not sure they're here. I said, Wayne, you do it. Send it out. It's up to God where it lands. Yeah. You know, and and some people that have Alzheimer's were just they seemed pleasant. You know, I they didn't seem to be an angst. You know, I still remember the woman I had a call when I was a cop that somebody was in her basement and she was crying and scared. And I went down and there was nobody there and nothing was broken into. And then I realized after talking to her, oh my goodness, she's you know she's either got dementia or Alzheimer's. And I had to leave. And she was crying, and I, I, man, I felt so bad. You know, she was so scared. And I says, I promise you, I, if they were here, I chased them out. They're not coming back. I'll drive by the house. I'll do all, you know. And I did. You know, I don't know if she was looking out the window or not, and I don't even know if she understood what I was saying. But, man, did that, I still feel that over her. It just there's nothing I could do. You know, uh, maybe what I did was what I could do, and maybe God honored that. But I did call her son down in South Carolina or somewhere, and he goes, yeah, I guess it's time. I said, yeah, it really is time to take control of this because, man, she is just quaking in fear. And I felt so bad. You know, like, this isn't how it should end. But this is the world we've made. This is what sin does. Man, never. Every time you see this and you start to get mad at God, do not get mad at God. Get mad at us. I'll say it again, man, don't, please don't ever let this go out of your head. People tell you, when I see God, I'm going to ask him why. No, you're not. You're not asking him nothing. You're good luck with that. Good luck with that. You're going to fall to the ground and tremble, and God is going to ask you questions why you let it happen, why we let it happen. All these things. Think of every dollar we ever spent on killing each other and incarcerating each other, and protecting ourselves from the evil of each other. Money for military, police, uh, money for just that goes, the mental power that has gone into making weapons, that has gone into killing our, each other. Hey, and I'm not saying we shouldn't defend ourselves. It's the reality we live in. But take all of that resource, all that mental energy, all that money, how long ago would we have cured cancer? How long ago would we have solved poverty? How long? I'm sorry, man. It just angers me to no point. Man, you don't you don't get who God is, and you don't get who we are. You know, you live in a delusion of somehow you think you're righteous and God isn't. Oh man, you ain't gonna. T- as soon as you see him, you're gonna know you were wrong about everything. He's not gonna have to say a word. You're going to see who God is, and you're going to, oh, my, what did I do, you know? One of the lines up the room, you try, you try to bring God down to your level. Absolutely. Well, it's hard to blame yourself, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, that's why I have a problem with churches that do nothing but complain about what other people do wrong. I mean, every Sunday. Well, we er- can't even begin to conceive of what God is, so we can't help but to... Try to bring him down. Humanize him, right. 
you know, that's trying to understand when it's simply beyond us. Okay. Yep. My ways aren't your ways. Yep. Everybody that ever ran into him, no matter how righteous they were, did the exact same thing. Trembled. Yep. Just fell to the ground. Don't, who was it that said, don't kill me? Because I said, I didn't come here to kill you. You know? well, just seen his angels. Yeah. He said, fear not. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't get scared. Yeah. Please don't kill me. I didn't come here to kill you. What I'm not going to kill you. Just, okay, cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, that's what it does. Um, let's pray, guys. Unless there's any other questions or anything else somebody wants to bring up. Father, we come before you, and I just lift my brothers and sisters up here, and I just ask that the word we, Lord, honor our feeble efforts to know you. Uh, we're trying, Lord. Uh, they wouldn't be here if they didn't want to know you. And, and Lord, I just ask that this word find a home in our hearts and changes us. And whatever's not from you that I said, just let it go away and cause no harm. And I ask that you watch over my brothers and sisters and protect them, make them strong, make them wise. And, Lord, every word that they speak, let it honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.